is on. Hello. Good morning, Covenant College. You guys look great today. Um, happy Wednesday. Happy Student Appreciation Day. Right, right. Um, and happy birthday to Seamus Haney, Thomas Jefferson, and Katie Wass. Um, and happy Senior Testimonies Day. Uh, we're going we're gonna to appreciate two students in particular by making them stand in front of you and talk. Uh, that'll be Ima Uma and Danny Lloyd. Uh, before I, I introduce our first speaker, I want to make you aware, if you're not already, of the uh, gummy bears and pretzels under some of your chairs. Share with your neighbors. Get comfortable. Uh, but only get comfortable if you're sharing with your neighbors. All right. According to her Facebook bio, Ema is, quote, fun, crazy, sometimes a bit boring, but overall a kind, loving person who values friendship with four exclamation points. Uh, based on the things her close friends say about her, this seems to be an honest biography, except for the boring part. Ema uh, always calls me out on my ashy skin, and according to a friend, is, quote, surrounded by enough sass to fill the ocean. If you get to know her, though, Ema is open and honest in her opinions, but encouraging and loving in her advice. She understands pain and suffering, and is the first one to come sit with you and the last one to leave. Ema's currently the RA of the Highlands, and she's lived in Founders since day one. She makes killer puppy chow, and her plans for the foreseeable future involve graduating with a degree in biology, returning to Atlanta to dote on her adorable niece, and volunteering with the youth at her church, all the while becoming a, quote, cute physical therapist for old people. Yeah. <laughs> all right, give a hand for Ema. We got this. Oh, shoot, you can hear me. Yeah. Well, thanks for the introduction. I think it was pretty accurate. The boring part was, you know, back in ninth grade, and I really wasn't thinking that much. So thanks, Jay Moore. But I'll just do a quick prayer for us right quick. Um, dear Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the warmth that the sun is starting to bring. Um, Lord God, I'm so excited for spring to come about. Lord God, I'm so excited um, just to be graduating. But Lord God, most of all, I'm excited to be talking in front of all these people. Lord Jesus, let these words that come out of my mouth be from you, not just so that I can be glorified and so that I can be seen in a certain light, but that your light will be forever seen here. In your name I pray. Amen. So I call this talk my single story just because, well, I didn't have much of a title for it before, so I was like, well, I'll just run with it. But after a while and thinking about it, there are two main reasons why I came up with it. First of all, most people who know me know I love telling stories. Telling stories is how I get to know people and how people get to know me. I get to relay my experiences and the many ratchet encounters I've had over the years. <laughs> and made the works of the Holy Spirit that I've also seen through that. And for those of you who don't know what ratchet means, I'm not referring to a wrench. I'm not trying to say the word wretched. Ratchet can refer to a person, place, or thing that brings disgrace, shaking of the head. Overall, just a hot mess. 
Second, it's a story that starts with me and who I am. Most people here know me as Ema, but my phone name's Edong. said, that's the thing y'all see in Facebook. It's not I don't get it or something like that. It's an actual real name that someone gave me. Um, my dad so proudly gave me that name because they wanted a baby girl, received her, and were filled with ease. It was only appropriate to give me a name that means the comforter of my soul. I know. <laughs> And, and they affectionately call me Ema because it means love. I came to Covenant with all my experiences and stories from my family, my friends, and my church to be cultivated as a strong, independent black woman that needs no man. <laughs> so you can imagine I didn't really understand the marriage hype. I mean, you don't have to pay $4,000 a year to find somebody. And on top of that, Christian Mingle's blocked. <laughs> but all jokes aside, over the years, I've gained so many wonderful experiences here from working facilities, the summers I spent in apartment 10, um, just living in Founders all four years, even though I never previewed there. Someone's just like, Founders has a lot of cool people. And I was like, all right, I'll sign up for it. And also in that time, I saw people who started dating after O Week, couples popping up after big events like Kilter and Mistletoe Mingle people getting engaged after a few semesters. I eventually got in tune with the lingo, like ring by spring, marriage mill on the hill, the MRS degree, and MRS as in miss is not an abbreviation for marriage ring by spring. <laughs> um, DTRs determine the relationship. And for some of you seniors, I've seen your DTRs. They weren't pretty. <laughs> And my personal favorite, who is your first covenant crush? That's a shout out to Gracewell. Thank you, Gracewell. <laughs> and even being here, I just find myself like bringing up marriage just like very casually and jokingly. Like when people compliment me, I'm like, girl, thank you. And I say girl a lot, even to like guys, it's kind of sad. But <laughs> overall, I just say I got to look good because I don't know when I'm going to meet my future husband. But again, in the face of this, I'm reminded of my stories. My dad won a visa lottery, and that's how my family came from Nigeria to the States when I was two. For most of my life, Atlanta has been my home. I love it. I love the way it looks. I love the skyscrapers against the skyline. I love that I'm surrounded by people who are so different from me, and I get to interact with them. Don't quote me on this fact, but where I live in Atlanta, if you go anywhere in a five-mile radius, there's over 100 ethnicities being represented. You can see it everywhere. You can see bodegas next to the Walmart, synagogues across from a Baptist church, people handing out their mixtape at the Martyr Station, voodoo and herbal shops, and a place in a hole in the wall that's just really good food to have. So much going on, and I love it all. My neighborhood is a sphere of influence that has told me to be with someone, but oddly at the same time, I need to be strong and men are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, many of the people I know don't talk about marriage, and not a lot of people are married. There was always somebody that you hear about that was in a new relationship, who broke up with who, or cheated on who for that matter. And many people who fit that description were called thirsty. <laughs> it simply means someone who's desperate for a relationship. Um, my church here starts in an AME African Methodist Epic Episcopal. Sorry about that church that my aunt's the pastor of. The church of my family introduced the Lord as my salvation. They taught me how to interact with my soul. They taught me how to interact with the Holy Spirit and embrace my spiritual gifts. 
through outreach ministries at Peruna Church, where I currently attend in Atlanta, I finally got the message and accepted Jesus. I finally understood the reality of what God's love had for me. As my faith matured, God kept his promises and he knew them daily. He made my heart still in the midst of a storm and fears for his word and to follow him for he has great plans for me. So when I think about marriage, God has that covered, whether he has some for me or not. I know that he has great plans for me and he wants me to use them for his kingdom to prosper. But my biggest fear of influence was my culture. In Nigeria, education is huge, like completely astronomically huge. There are so many people who are not getting one. Families have to pick and choose who can go to school. And on top of that, a lot of people are lucky to make it to and complete in high school education. So basically, if you get the opportunity to go to America and get your degree, your future is paved in gold. Thank you for the preach back there. But my mom, she's a very funny, very funny person. And she has an education speech that she loves to give. It's pretty long, but I'll give you guys a little short remission. She will always tell me, Ima, read the book. Read it very well. You will get A, 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 A. <laughs> so you can get your education. And all sorts of men will come flocking to you. <laughs> because they, too, will have a good education like you. She and the rest of my family are so proud of me and thankful for my education. I get to make them even more proud when I walk in May as the first person to get my degree in my family. Oh. Thanks, you guys are so encouraging. <laughs> um, because of that, my education is my prize and not my bonus. I see college as a tool in my belt to proclaim Jesus' name, not to find somebody. Even. Again, my amens. Guys, you're doing so good. Um, even though there are disparities between them, I also see parallels. There are people who are cultivating good relationships and seeking God through them. But I also see the thirst that goes on. People are being pursued in a way that reduces them to an object through objectifying comments, the need for status and security. Some of you may be rolling your eyes and thinking that doesn't happen, but it does. And because we're fallen. We use anything to justify our means, even God. We might just keep it to ourselves amongst our friends or call it something else. Sadly, for some people, the purpose of education is being washed away while marriage is being put on the throne. And even worse, someone feels immense pain from being single. People in our student body feel worthless, unloved, and that they won't amount to anything if they don't have somebody by the time they leave here. Marriage is a great thing, and through it we get to see the covenant between Christ and his bride, the church. But why do some in our Christian culture see marriage as an end-all instead of Christ? The answer to that is we're all desperate for something besides Christ. We're broken. When it comes to our sin, we all ride a struggle bus. <laughs> no one has it together, but God has made a way through his son so that we may have it together. He has given the Holy Spirit to renew us and bring us into community with one another. He wants us to take care of the good, the bad, and the ugly because he took it to the cross to redeem us. Our identity no longer lies in our sin, but in Christ. Even though community won't be perfect until we reach heaven, he has still given us a responsibility to it. 
We are still called to walk alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. For the world, it's easy to write people off with this struggle for marriage or singleness as stupid, gross, or just to scoff at them because everyone else does it. And I admit, I do it too. Through writing this talk, I've been convicted. I see and know the love God has for us in the midst of our transgressions. Whenever we sing, God confronts us face to face. Like, God isn't trying to hide us in some corner. God isn't, like, all the way up here, and we're kind of down here when he talks to us. Like, he's literally right here in front of our face. Instead of the scolding we deserve and the ugliness we have, he tells us, I love you. Like, guys, can I get an amen? Like, oh, thank you. Um, the Lord of the universe is literally telling us, I love you. And this I love you is not conditional. It's not because you did super good in your test. It's not because you're being extra holy and you helped up this homeless person, but it's because that he made you and you are his. He says, I have loved you in the past. I love you in the present, and I will love you in the future. These words alone should shape the core of our beings and let us know that we are his. Lastly, I know we don't have it together. And we won't do it right every time, because if we did, we wouldn't have a need for God. But take these words so that they may soften your heart towards your brothers and sisters, and that the name of God may be exalted. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much to all the seniors who thought I had something worthy of saying. And remember, please, try not to be ratchet. <laughs> Thank you, Ima. That was awesome. Uh, to continue the Facebook bio trend, uh, Danny places himself in good company, featuring quotes by Einstein, Solomon, Gandalf, and C.S. Lewis on his profile. Um, also, Danny's birthday is coming up soon, right? I found out while I was stalking you last night. Um, Danny is a bio major as well, and he possesses an intense desire to learn in and out of school. He has an infectious laugh and an unbelievable work ethic and he is the only human being in the Northern Hemisphere who can wear Crocs and retain his human dignity. <laughs> his friends call him mom because he cares for other people so sacrificially, and they use words like thoughtful, loyal, passionate, and intentional to describe him. Indeed, he's the kind of guy you want your kids to hang out with and learn from, and his care for creation, especially people, is what will make him a great doctor one day. Welcome, Danny. Hello, everybody. My name is Steve. Danny couldn't make it today. <laughs> I'm really glad you guys uh, laughed at that. that was... My name is Danny, not Steve. Uh, there's been a lot of prayers going up. But I'm going to lift another real quick. So if you guys want to join with me, that'd be perfect. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you for the day. Uh, we're grateful for each and every one that we get, and we pray that you would make this day uh, one that we uh, get to feel your presence all around us through each other, um, and we pray these things in your son's name, amen. Uh, okay, uh, so first off, the 
thing I wrote down on this paper as the topic is individuals uh, inextricably interconnected. So uh, one thing I've been really interested in exploring recently has been uh, radically different icebreakers. So uh, now in dramatic paradoxical form, uh, I will break the ice with ice. You don't know me at all, but this is ice cream. It's for Mr. T's. It's for you. There's two spoons. You can choose who you want to share it with. Okay, so uh, you know how when you see a movie after reading a book, um, all that you can ever remember about the characters in that book are the people in the movie, right? Like you can only see their faces from then on. Okay, so I call this the slow death of imagination in childhood and an overload of images phenomena. <laughs> so because of this cultural tendency to remember images better than words, uh, today my talk will be punctuated by a series of provocative images. That was one of them, icebreakers. Okay, so recently, I don't know if you all have, uh, oh, you know what I forgot to do? My thanks, I'm so sorry, sorry, go back. I just want to thank my mom for being here. <laughs> She's watching right now. My sisters and brothers, I've got two sisters, Hannah's here, uh, Esther's watching, uh, Caleb, Timmy, Stephen, Isaac, Ben, and Joe. Thank you guys. You, wonderful people. Also, James Dillon paid me $10 on Venmo yesterday for the chapel talk. Thank you, James. Love you, James. Love that guy. Everybody say hey to him once, if you get a chance. Okay, so uh, back to the talk. Recently, there have been a variety of talks, right, given their surrounding, like, friendship and deeply rooted relationship, love for one another, uh, society's interconnection, you name it. I think that part of this is because there's like a growing discontinuity of personhood. Uh, I think like even as social media claims to draw us closer and closer, uh, there's, there's this weird thing where we see the family unit breaking up at a remarkable rate. And we see the concept of a neighborhood becoming like more and more rare. Uh, we observe our own experience, right, as we try to find friends in each of the stages of life that we inhabit. We even had like a whole life kit thing. Uh, for seniors about like, how do you, what's like your expectation for friends in this next level? Um, one of the aspects of my rather scatterbrained SIP highlights the increasing research revealing a lot of really incredible uh, stuff behind our, our lives together and the importance of that, and the importance of like our interconnection uh, and the depth of that. So I, like, I want you all to understand, uh, and if you doubt me in this, start looking for it. I think that you'll see it. Um, but understand that, that you are an incredibly complex creation. Uh, and you're deeply, if not always measurably, influenced by what, you, by, what you, by what you live around, by what you worship, study, admire, love. Uh, they're, they're all so connected uh, and really, really important. Um, and that includes each other. So about this time, generally in most talks, uh, I have an issue where I like fall asleep. So I just want to write all the wrongs real quick here and make sure you guys are all awake. How does this twist? <laughs> Let's go!
If you guys buy one of these things at Walmart, the receipt just says 24 inch. That's all it says. All right, so uh, rain it in, rain it in. I'm about to read the Bible. That's actually worth listening to. The rest, not so much. Okay, so, but first, three things to throw your way. I don't want you to necessarily consider yourself, like, challenged by them or anything particularly, like, phraseology like that. Just let them stew up in the old cooker. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, one, uh, take notice of the people around you. Uh, Notice not only their influence on you, but your influence on them. Because our actions and our words and our thoughts towards and with other people, if they're not noticed, they're felt, right? Like, we, we have this deep felt interconnection with people. Uh, and I think that that's just really important for us to recognize and to at least just be thinking about. Uh, that helps us to, to be aware of the people with us. Um, something that I heard in Women, Art, and Culture, which is a great class, uh, shameless plug, take it, uh, last Monday, actually, uh, she said, uh, work on seeing one another as whole embodied image bearers. I think that's really, really huge. Uh, really. Number two, be honest with each other, uh, despite the encouragement of culture to fabricate the best that you can imagine uh, of yourself. Uh, be real with each other, because it's not worth it otherwise. Like, we are so influenced by each other, and we need to be real with each other. Uh, And three, any of what I'm saying, uh, you all need to know, like, I'm saying it because because you all are no better than me, and I'm no better than than you all. So together, I think it's important for us to remember the grace that you and I have been given, uh, and to be active in giving it to one another, because in that way we emulate Christ our Savior, who is incredibly active and giving that grace to us, right? Uh, okay, so the authority for our lives together is the Bible, right? So it's get God's Word, absolutely true, and it's given to us in love. So uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9-10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Okay, so I need a volunteer for this next part. Uh, Anybody? Volunteer? You got it. Yeah, you right there. Yeah, perfect. Okay, but stay right there. Okay, here's the deal. I need to read my instructions. Okay, on three, actually on one, because I'm going to count. All the rest of you all didn't volunteer, but you're conscripted in service. So I'm going to need a count from five down to down to one, okay? And on one, I'm going to need your help desperately, okay? But uh, it'll be pretty clear, like, what I need your help with, okay? <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so are you all ready for the count? Yes. Don't okay. Oh, yeah, you guys notice those? <laughs> they, kick, they kick some serious tail. Okay. Uh, we'll start with five. Five, four, three, two... One. Just kidding. I got. I had him the whole time. I'm so sorry. I just. Thank you so much. I. I was really worried that it was going to be a joke at someone's expense, and I'm really sorry. I just had to pick somebody in the back, and then you raise your hand.
All right. Uh, okay, so I'm going to. Woo! Matthew, right? Matthew 22, 37 through 39. So, like, this is a, I think, well known verse, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, right? And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Those are right next to each other. Like, it's pretty massive. Uh, Titus 3, 1 through 9 says, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they're unprofitable and worthless. Right? Uh, I got two more. Ephesians 4, 20 through 5, 2 says, But that's not the way you learned in Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good, such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ uh, forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, and this last one, 1 Peter uh, 1.18. Just kidding. I, it's First Peter. Just wanted to do a little whoop whoop to my, my dog Trump daddy. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, so 1 Peter 1, 18 through 25 says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. 
having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Uh, okay, so this, this is the last punctuated image. These are a bunch of golden beach balls to help you remember that you were ransomed by something more precious than gold. Christ's blood. That was really close. Sorry about that. Party. Okay, so a little bit of reflection, right? This is my sip. Okay, so each of you can take a piece of my sit. You're welcome to have it. It's not really actually finished. I'm missing a paragraph in there. <laughs> so you can come back for me for a copy. The point is, uh, if you were to read words on that page, they would make sense, right? Like you would read individual words and it would be like, oh, okay, like that's English, <laughs> right? But like as a whole, the concept, like you couldn't get it from one page. Um, I think, and this is just my thought, but I think that the body of Christ is similar. Uh, like, you, the gospel is like you all together. It's us together, right? Proclaiming that, that Jesus is our Savior, not your Savior. You're like, it's our Savior. And I think like, wow, that's so powerful. Um, because we get to hold each other in that. Uh, like Capic is talking about, right? Like about being able to, when you're suffering, like to have people to believe for you, to remind you of the truth that you know. Uh, that's like really, really powerful. I have experienced that here, and I am so grateful to you all, even those of you that I don't know, right? But like for creating that here. Um, and, I, and I just ask that you all continue to do that. Um, Jesus loves you very, very much, um, and, and that's clear, and, and I would say love each other. Thanks very much. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.